The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi making Kiwi better off. So summer is coming. We're supposed to have an El Nino. It's going to be warm. It's going to be dry. Tent sales have gone berserk. We're getting ready for a renewal, a time of of having a drink, relaxing, going to the beach, feeling good about ourselves. And for a bunch of people around the government, they would love it if we all swanned off into the summery sunset um, with a spring in our step because of a change of government as well. But this week, the Reserve Bank really spoiled the party by coming out and saying it might hike interest rates. This was a much more hawkish view about what's going to happen to interest rates in the next year. And a couple of the reasons for it are things that the government can partly claim responsibility for and we'll now face some awkward questions about what it does. We're in the middle of a record high level of net migration, nearly 120,000 people a year. Now, that's good for dampening wage pressures, if you're an employer, of course, not so good if you're a worker, but it's also going to add to demand in the economy. And that was the headline from this week's announcement by the Reserve Bank, that it is holding at 5.5%, but had as slightly increased its forecast track for the official cash rate. In fact, almost a a half chance, a 50% chance that they would hike one more time in the next three to four months. The markets are expecting still that there will be rate cuts next year, but the Reserve Bank was really uh, jabbing its finger at the market this week and saying, yeah, you think that, but Uh, We're not so sure about that. We are a little bit worried about all of this demand in the economy, particularly from all the extra migration, and so we might put them up. The one effect of this downer from the Reserve Bank is to remove the prospect of significant mortgage rate cuts in the next six months or so, which will disappoint the government because it's come into power with the idea of uh, reducing the cost of living, particularly for those people who own homes. And the thought of tightening the budget and putting pressure on the Reserve Bank to control inflation and to get mortgage rates down was one of the uh, things that the government would have liked to have seen. We don't know what went down in the meeting that happened this week on Tuesday between the Reserve Bank Governor and the new Finance Minister, Nicola Willis, other than to say it would have been a slightly tense affair 
Uh, interestingly, the meeting was actually before the decision and the Reserve Bank actually, in one of its uh, scenarios, considered hiking the rate this week. That really would have put the cat amongst the pigeons. But in the end, a hold, but a hawkish hold, and removing the prospect of a summary rate cut for the government, um, who, it has to be said, have had a mighty short honeymoon uh, in its first few weeks in power. This week on When the Facts Change, we dive a couple of monetary policy geeks, myself and Jared Kerr from Kiwi Bank, into the details of the Reserve Bank's monetary policy statement to work out what was hawkish, what was dovish, and what will be done next. And we also talk about the new government's plans to revert the Reserve Bank's mandate back to a single inflation mandate and looking at whether to have more detailed inflation targets and a return to a sole monetary policy decision maker. Again, uh, Adrian Orr pushed back slightly at that in this week's uh, press conference. And we shall see uh, going into the new year how that relationship goes between Adrian Orr and Nicola Willis. This week on When the Facts Change, we look at the mood music in the monetary policy outlook. Well, kia ora, and welcome to Jared Kerr, the Chief Economist at Kiwi Bank, on a big day for us monetary policy geeks, the monetary policy statement. And the last one for the year, the last decision of the year for the Reserve Bank, and they're off for their summer holidays now, well, maybe not tomorrow, but soonish. And we won't see them again until the end of February. Great to see you, Jared. Welcome back to the Facts Change. Kia ora, Bernard, and thanks for inviting me back. So uh, today, the Reserve Bank held the official cash rate at 5.5%. But of course, um, you know, a news item with a headline that says central bank does nothing is on the face of it not very exciting. But of course, there's a lot going on underneath the surface. It's like one of those ducks that's parading across the pond and it seems like nothing is going on. But under the surface, there's an awful lot of thrashing around. Can you tell us um, what was the meaning of today's announcement and how the Reserve Bank now sees the world? I think the main message for me was that they're frustrated on inflation. Uh, Even though headline rates and even core rates are moving in the right direction, they're just not moving fast enough. And the risks are, are asymmetric. Uh, I think they presented it quite well, saying, you know, the upside risk to inflation, they they dominate and they sort of outweigh the, the downside risks. So as a central bank who's, you know, running out of patience on this, wanting to get back to their 1% to 3% target band as soon as possible, they've come out with a very stern message. The decision itself was, as you say, boring and, and like a duck on the top of the water, but underneath uh, the revisions in their forecasts, the revisions to their OCR track, which tells us where they think the cash rate will go over time, have been revised higher. Uh, and it's a warning shot. This is a warning shot to everyone that if things are going to change, if there's going to be a move in monetary policy over the next six months, it's going to be a hike. Yeah. So w- where are they seeing the stickiness in inflation and uh, the risk that it doesn't come down fast enough? Because, you know, we have heard that the the labour market in Aotearoa is starting to ease up. Lots of new people have come in uh, as migrants. You know, we've seen um, some of the inflation figures come off the boil a bit. Um, you know, where is the stickiness? Yeah, look, it's, it's the new, uh, I guess, uh, 
impulse coming from the government is one part, uh, but also coming from migrants. Uh, we have had a record intake uh, of, of net migration over the last year, 120,000. That's that's well above anyone's forecasts. So with that in mind, we, we think, okay, there's, there's good news here in that we've increased the supply of workers and that puts downward pressure on wages. But the, the complicating factor here is that more people is more demand uh, and we're starting to see it come through in rents. So migrants arrive, and they look for a rental property. That's obviously increasing demand in what is a very tight market. They are also putting a little bit of pressure on on house prices. Uh, I think that will be seen over the over the next year. So I think the big thing here is that um, our population growth is simply much uh, stronger than anyone anticipated, and that means we're going to have a little bit more demand. Uh, in the economy. We're, we're still sort of feeling our way through exactly how much uh, extra inflation and demand we'll get, but we know it's more. So this was um, slightly more hawkish perhaps than the collective um, wisdom of the market was thinking before the re- result in the forecast today. How has the, has the market re- responded in terms of what's happened with, with wholesale interest rates and also what's happened with the currency? Oh, I would say it was a lot more hawkish, uh, not just slightly more hawkish. I think it's a lot more hawkish. Um, you know, commentators like myself thought the next move uh, was a rate cut, and and you know they they've pushed out those thoughts uh, completely and and inserted the the thought of a rate hike. Uh, the market was priced that way as well. We we had. Um, the market thinking about a rate cut as early as May, definitely by the middle of next year, and, and as many as as three hike, uh, three cuts priced into um, to next year, 2024, and then further cuts continuing over 2025. We've been jolted uh, back uh, with the central bank saying, actually, there's pretty good odds-on chance of a hike. And then um, whether or not we deliver that, interest rates are going to be on hold well into 2025. So that that really came out and said to the market, you know, you're pricing too too little. We need you to price more. We want wholesale rates higher than where they've been. Uh, they've fallen recently. We want them back up because we want to because we want to keep mortgage rates and other rates uh, in the economy higher for longer. All of that is the central bank's way of trying to keep its foot on the brake uh, to make sure that the inflation beast comes under control. So are you changing your uh, view on what happens next with the official cash rate? Yeah, we are. I mean, we have to. I think the Reserve Bank's provided us with a, a very clear message that rate cuts are not even on the table. Um, so, you know, that means that our thoughts that, that rate that a rate cut may uh, come as, as you know as early as mid next year, we'll, we'll just push that out. Um, I'll ha- have a talk with my team about exactly what we we think uh, should happen, but obviously, uh, rate cuts are, are not on the table for for some time. When the facts change is brought to you in partnership with Kiwi Bank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy, and that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's Kiwi Bank economist Sabrina Delgado on what's happening with the labour market in Aotearoa. Our slowing economy gives way to higher unemployment, and we're seeing tightness in the labour market quickly abating. Both a recovery on the supply side, with our surging migration, boosting labour supply and loosening some very tight labour market conditions. 
But now a stronger narrative is coming through. As consumer demand cools, so too is the demand for labour. Firms are no longer hiring with the same gusto. Already, unemployment has started to lift from record lows, and we expect that to continue throughout 2024. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, just stepping back from the, you know, the day-to-day of how monetary policy is run, uh, the new government has come in and said and agreed in its coalition agreements that it will change the Reserve Bank's mandate, not in any sort of, you know, send them a nice letter sort of way, but actually change the act. Uh, uh, Previously, the previous government uh, introduced um, uh, a new mandate to support maximum sustainable employment on top of or with the um, uh, target of uh, keeping inflation somewhere between 1% and 3% over the medium term. And the new government said, right, we're going to get rid of this employment mandate. Um, What do you think uh, that will mean for the Reserve Bank? Because on the face of it, um, they have said in the past that that it's not a huge change in the way they look at things and is unlikely to have any major uh, shift in, you know, interest rates up or down. But can you tell us about how those two things have worked together in the past? A target for inflation and a mandate to support maximum sustainable employment. Short answer, it's a sideshow. It is operationally from the Reserve Bank's perspective, no change. So when they introduce the dual mandate, uh, nothing changed. Uh, the Reserve Bank has always taken the labour market into account. So when they remove it, there'll be no change. And the Reserve Bank will continue to take the labour market into account. Bill Phillips is a famous Kiwi economist. He invented something called the Phillips curve, which looks at inflation versus unemployment or slack in your in your labour market. So we've always considered the inflation targeting as, you know, something where you look at inflation, but you look at the causes. Um, it's a it's two sides to one coin. Um, whether you tell the central bank explicitly to look at labour market or not, they will be looking at the labour market. So um, I thought it was a bit of a shame that we went to a dual mandate. Uh, the Reserve Bank uh, proudly one of the first or if not the first uh, central bank to properly target inflation. And that was in the late 80s. And then to change the mandate, you kind of want to change it in a way that's, you know, revolutionary, that's, that's, that's an evolution, that, that's, that's a step forward. It wasn't. It, it just added something that they were already doing. And now we're changing it again. We look unprofessional. We're, we're taking it out. It'll make no difference. It's a sideshow. And 
And that's sort of important. Um, the rest of the world probably shouldn't care too much about our central bank, but the reason they sort of are interested in what we're doing with our inflation targeting regime is because, you know, we invented inflation targeting. And um, and now we've we've sort of played a game of uh, hokey-cokey, you know, uh, one step in, one step out, turn it all about. And uh, you, you do wonder... Uh, uh, how the professionals, if you like, around the world um, view our um, political scene when you you have the back and forth like this. Yeah, like I said, I think it's unfortunate. I think, you know, New Zealand uh, rightly is considered one of the best, you know, central banks around. We've been doing this inflation targeting for a very long time. We pioneered it. Uh, we've done a lot of really exciting things in New Zealand as general, in general, you know, introducing FPOS. We've done quite a few things uh, where the world follows us. Uh, and, the, and these changes to the mandate are just simply not necessary and, and they didn't help either way. The other change uh, proposed by uh, the new coalition government and agreed certainly between National and ACT is to have a look at moving back to a single decision maker for the official cash rate. The original version of the Reserve Bank Act essentially gave all the power to one man, and it's always been a man, uh, to make the decision. Uh, Now, the latest changes under the previous government um, formalised a shift towards a monetary policy committee, which is a structure often used overseas. ACT would like a shift back to a brash-style single decision-maker. Uh, what's your view on on how much difference this might make if, if National eventually uh, agree to it? So this, I think, is important, and this, I think, does make a difference. Um, the single uh, authority, the, you know, the all, you know, power and, and that rests on one person, I think it's quite unusual uh, globally. And, I, and um, I think a move to a committee um, has been a positive uh, development. We could argue who's on that committee and how it works could be better, yes, but the change to a committee structure is, I think, simply better. And the governor said it um, in his conference that he believes that the transparency, the rigour, the the uh, the questions the the you know the um, the processes uh, around having a board is simply better um, and and stronger and more comprehensive. So I, I would I would be a little annoyed if we if we spend all this time going from a single sole decision maker to a committee uh, to going back. That that would be a step back uh, in the wrong direction. Because you've been around the world um, covering um, global markets, central banks. What's the story overseas on single decision makers versus uh, committees? And how, how do they operate over, around the world in having their monetary policy debates sort of in public? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the Fed, the US Fed, you have to start with, right, um, the largest, uh, most developed uh, central bank around. Uh, they, they've obviously got um, governors uh, for each state. 
Um, and, you know, we hear from different Fed speakers all the time. So it's kind of cool. Even last night you had two Fed speakers come out. One was hawkish, one was dovish. You sort of take your, uh, take your pick as to what you like, but you get a lot, of, a lot more commentary uh, out of the, the U.S. Um, Fed, Federal Reserve governors. Uh, so I, can't, I actually kind of like that. I like getting different opinions, uh, and you can kind of come away and say, "Well, you know, she's a hawk and he's a and he's a dove," and you know, you get a lot more transparency. Um, even in the UK, you know, you you get a vote, right? You you out of it, you you know how many people voted for and against things. Same in the US. That's that's important in itself when you might have two or three uh, voters saying, "Oh, I didn't I didn't like that. I wanted something else." Um, so, you know, the RBA, uh, again, you know, just taking another, yet another central bank with the board uh, structure, uh, I think it's simply better. Um, you know, it's much better to have collective heads coming up with a decision rather than one. Jared, very interesting chat again on uh, monetary policy, not just the operation, but the theory and, of course, um, how the politics is has become involved in the economics, uh, the political economy. That's what we love talking about on When the Facts Change. Lovely to have you on today, and I'll let you get back to, no doubt, one of the busiest days of your year. Kakite anō. Thank you. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank are making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, Kiaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.